O praise the Lord, for it is a good thing to sing praises unto our God. Yea, a joyful and pleasant thing it is to be thankful. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem and gather together the outcasts of Israel. The first two verses of our psalm today, let's see if we can apply them to our lives. Father Neil notes that every work of man, every work of man asks for a payment that we may be comforted in the midst of toilsome action with the hope of a fixed reward. Our young people grow up, they get a job. Um, I know that my son had his first job. He was self-employed, had his own little business going. He collected um, uh, recyclable bottles and cans. And it was a very exciting day for him when we would come in to the holiday and go to the recycling center, which no longer exists there, but he would be able to throw them all in the machine, it would count them, and he would get a payout at the end. It's not a huge payout, but for, I think he was six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. But for a little boy, you know, real cash, more than five cents is pretty exciting. And so we would have to go in more and more, and he would convince all his family members who live in the area to collect them for him. And he'd swing by, meaning mom and dad would bring him by. And he would collect bags of recyclables. And we would spend an hour, one by one, throwing them through the machine. But the reward, right? I mean, that's the idea. So Father Neil notes that every work of man asks for payment. He goes on to note that the payment of our praise to God is the work itself. For since it is a good thing to sing praises unto our God, we are sure that each of us will receive the promised gifts. He does so receive them when in the fellowship of the angels. It is the one reward of the saints to be occupied in unceasing praise of God. That's the reward. Father Neil adds after this, And what can be a happier thing than to practice here what you hope to perform in future blessedness when we go to be with Christ? I'm not sure even those of us who have been using a traditional liturgy for decades really see this clearly. Our ultimate goal is to be in the presence of God, giving him praise and thanksgiving. This seems probably a strange goal to many in our current culture. And as I just noted, perhaps even it seems a bit strange to us. That's not what our culture is after, by any stretch. I mean, pick a different kind of aspect of our culture. None of them get close to what we're just talking about it and what Father Neil has said. To, the ultimate goal is to sing praises to God? No, my ultimate goal is to die with the most money and the most toys. My ultimate goal is to have unceasing pleasure. My ultimate goal is, I mean, our culture is um, a bit of a cesspool of culture right now. And giving thanks and praise to God doesn't seem to be high on the priority lift. list. This might be a moment to note to oneself... Self, if this seems a strange goal in my life, perhaps my life's goals are out of sync with God's goals for my life. 
What does our liturgy show us? The most ancient liturgical music that I am aware of, doesn't mean I've done a great study on it, but uh, it is the traditional setting of the Sursum Corda. It's the music we use each week when the celebrant says, lift up your hearts, which is essentially what Sursum Corda means in the Latin. And the congregation responds, we lift them up unto the Lord. The priest says, let us give thanks unto our Lord God. And the congregation responds again with, it is meet and right so to do. This music that we use, this setting of those words, is one of the oldest musical parts of the liturgy. From church to church, actually, all over our country, if you were to go, the music is often identical or very close to identical. And that similarity of that music points to an emphasis on these words. What do these words tell us? They tell us that it is very meet, right, and our bounden duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto the O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, Everlasting God. This is our goal, to praise God, to give him thanks, to live in a constant attitude of praise and thanksgiving to our Creator and our Redeemer. Indeed, as our psalmist says, it is good to sing praises to our God For it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. Or as the version of the Psalter in your prayer book uh, has it, the Coverdale version, a joyful and pleasant thing it is to be thankful. So, is this our goal every day? Do we maintain it as our goal as we go about the day? As we face things that frustrate us? as we face things that will cause us to uh, be angry, or do we constantly keep this goal of praise and thanksgiving? Even for the things that might normally make us angry, we can give thanks to God and avoid the anger and say, God, this is a learning moment, right? It's an opportunity. No, the world is not going to see this goal clearly at all. But the question is, do we see it clearly? Do we see it at all sometimes? Now, today, is the time to understand this better, to pursue this goal in our lives, to change the way we think about this world of God's, and to change the way we think about ourselves and what our goals are. Thanksgiving and praise from us to God needs to be front and center for each of us every day. We might ask the question from the first verse of the psalm, to whom is the praise pleasant? Some scholars would argue that it is the spiritual delight of the singer. And though I think this is a reality for us, when we praise God and we thank God, it's a great thing. It can lift our hearts. It can give us joy to do that. Most scholars follow St. Augustine, saying that that praise is pleasant to God and comely in itself, when it proceeds from a sincere heart in unison with the practical virtues of a holy life. Looking at verse 2 of the psalm that I read at the beginning of the sermon, we see the Lord doth build up Jerusalem and gather together the outcasts of Israel. As Father Neil says, there has never been any doubt from the time of origin to the present day, that the primary reference of this verse 
is to the rebuilding of Jerusalem by Nehemiah. And the accepted theory now is that the psalm was composed as an anthem to be sung at the dedication of the walls as a thanksgiving for the return of the exiles. But the Christian expositors of this text have always seen a spiritual interpretation behind the literal. The text reminds us at the least that God has been building the Jerusalem the Jerusalem above, the mother of us all, as St. Paul refers to her, even from the time of our first parents. The promise of the coming Messiah was first given to Adam and Eve. Redemption from our folly and stupidity was going to be given in God's time. And in the fullness of that time, Christ Jesus was born, God in human form, and the rebuilding of Jerusalem above was begun in earnest, using the living stones of Christ's redeemed. St. Peter tells us this, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. The process of building began, says Father Neil, with Christ laying the chief cornerstone, even himself, in his own blood. And this, according to St. John, not for that nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. Neil continues, on this foundation he laid the great stones, the costly stones and huge stones of the apostles and prophets. And yet he still doth build, and yet it is not finished. You all, says that great martyr St. Ignatius to the Ephesian church, you all are stones of the temple of the Father, prepared for the building of God the Father and drawn up on high by the engine of Jesus Christ, which is the cross, making use of the Holy Ghost as the rope, while your faith was the means by which he ascended and your love the way which led up to God. My friends, this truth, this reality, this redemption of us, of all of us, the corporate body of Christ, being built into a temple of God. This redemption of each of us stones is truly worthy of praise and thanksgiving to God, not just today on a Sunday, but every day of the week and moment by moment. Come to the table, my friends, to receive the grace to live such a life of praise and thanksgiving. Amen.